Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1856. Do Calcium Supplements Reduce Fractures Risk? An analysis of the research by Adrian Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. And I'm Dr. Neil. Hey there, happy Monday and a happy Labor Day if you're here in the US. Welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I act as your narrator of the best health and fitness blogs, all for free, and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. And don't forget, we have lots of shows covering a bunch of topics. Just search for Optimal Living Daily in any podcast app to find them. And with that, let's keep this intro nice and short and get right to it and start optimizing your life. Do Calcium Supplements Reduce Fractures Risk? An Analysis of the Research by Adrian Muir of idealnutrition.com.au Recently, I asked myself a question about whether there were any topics of nutrition that I could write about that very few people in the nutrition world were already providing. I realized that the findings of the systematic review I performed in my final year at university would be perfect. This was on the topic of whether calcium and vitamin D supplements reduce the risk of fractures in the elderly. I chose this subject because there had been no clear answer in the research. I figured that it's something that I could share that nobody else could. It never made sense to me why there was no clear consensus in the research. Calcium has always been strongly linked to increases in or maintenance of bone mineral density. It only makes sense that it would reduce the risk of fractures. Meanwhile, the body of research had mixed results, suggesting that calcium supplementation reduces the risk of fractures and other results showing that it does not have a significant effect. This was quite confusing and I can see why it isn't common knowledge about whether or not calcium supplements are effective for reducing the risk of fractures. The key point I found was that all the studies using less than 1200 milligrams of calcium carbonate had no significant effect and the people that used at least 1200 milligrams did find a reduction in the risk of fractures. This makes sense. If the dosage utilized is too low, of course the results won't be significant. This can make the research look mixed. But when you narrow it down to only include studies with sufficient dosages, it looks clear-cut. But that factor is only part of the equation. Getting people to take calcium supplements is surprisingly difficult. The most interesting thing I found was that in at least one study, a lot of the participants didn't take the supplements as frequently as required. This caused the study results to be insignificant. If you looked at the people who actually took their supplements as planned, they had a reduction in their risk of fractures. 
I think this is an issue that's extremely transferable to the real world, even with the knowledge that something as simple as taking a certain dose of a supplement may reduce the risk of serious concern, people need to be motivated to actually follow through. The other factor is that calcium supplementation is typically best taken as a split dosage. For example, 600 milligrams in the morning and 600 milligrams at night. This is because there's a limit on absorption, which is below the optimal daily dosage. Taking a supplement as a split dosage makes it a bit more inconvenient, which although it doesn't seem like a big deal, can be a major factor in reducing compliance. Should you be taking calcium supplements? This is a difficult question to answer since it depends on the individual situation. The research showed that 1,200 milligrams of calcium carbonate reduced the risk of fractures in people aged 50 years or older, but this could be misleading since it didn't account for calcium in the diet. Perhaps there would have been less of an effect for people who were consuming adequate calcium in their diets and more of an effect for people who didn't consume enough. To put things in terms of food, for men, between the ages of 51 and 70, the recommended number of daily servings of dairy is two and a half, and this goes up to three and a half when they reach 70. Women aged 50 or older are advised to consume four servings of dairy per day. This is a pretty high quantity of dairy and is beyond anything that I typically recommend, even as somebody who's overly passionate about calcium. A serving of dairy is one cup of milk or two slices of cheese or three quarters cup of yogurt or one cup of an alternative milk drink like soy milk, which contains at least 100 milligrams of calcium per serving. For some people, these goals are pretty easy to meet, but I can definitely see why others can't really see themselves consuming four servings of dairy every day. Alternatively, you can get your calcium from sources apart from dairy. The recommended daily intake of calcium is 1,000 to 1,300 milligrams per day, depending on your age group. Some non-dairy foods that are high in calcium would be canned salmon with bones, which has about 230 milligrams of calcium per can, leafy green vegetables, for example, there's about 75 milligrams of calcium in a cup of bok choy, 95 milligrams in a cup of kale. Almonds are another food that are decent sources of calcium. There's about 70 milligrams in a quarter of a cup of almonds. Oranges, which have about 65 milligrams in one medium-sized orange. And calcium-set tofu, which is basically tofu with added calcium. That contains around 430 milligrams in a quarter of a cup. It is possible to tailor your diet to make sure you're getting enough calcium without consuming dairy. However, once again, I can understand why some could see this as unrealistic for them as an individual. Getting the calcium from food sources is better because it has other nutritional benefits. For example, the calories and protein in dairy products can help maintain muscle mass, which could reduce the risk of falls. They also contain other micronutrients besides calcium, such as B vitamins, phosphorus, and potassium. Although food is preferable, if it is clear that you're not getting enough calcium in your diet, it is likely that calcium supplementation will help maintain your bone mineral density and reduce your risk of fractures. You just listened to the post titled, Do Calcium Supplements Reduce Fractures Risk? An Analysis of the Research by Adrian Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com health. Just go to indeed.com health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I appreciated how today's author, Adrian, admitted that even after conducting a meta-analysis, which is, again, a study that looks at other published studies on the same topic, and this is actually considered the gold standard in research, we still can't definitively say how much calcium we should be getting in our diets in order to prevent bone fractures. It seems that as we get into our 50s and beyond, 1,200 milligrams of calcium each day may be the magic number. But as Adrian said, does that mean we should find a supplement that has 1,200 milligrams of calcium in the form of calcium carbonate? Or should we take a 500 milligram supplement and get the rest from our diets? Those are the things we still don't know. Either way, what I can tell you is that if we're worried about bone fractures later in life, It's never too early to start preparing and making our bones stronger. You can take all the calcium supplements and eat as much dairy you want, but that doesn't necessarily mean that your bones will become stronger as a result. We have to create a demand for that calcium. We have to make sure that our bones want to absorb that calcium. So how do we create that demand? Well, I bet you can guess. Resistance training. We have to put pressure on the skeletal system in order for the skeletal system to better absorb that calcium. So yes, getting enough calcium and vitamin D are important for bone health, but so is resistance training. All right, that'll do it for today. I hope you have a great start to your week, and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.